Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. here on Bet the Edge on this Thursday with Drew Dinsick. I'm your host, Sarah Perlman. As always, big thank you to those of you watching on our NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. Coming up today, Corey Parson will join us to detail why he's attacking matchups between the AFC West and NFC East this weekend. Also, the NASCAR playoffs are down to just eight drivers, and Dan Beaver is going to handicap this weekend's race in Texas and explain why he's backing certain drivers in Fort Worth. And you know the deal. We have Edge of the Day to wrap up the show and so much more in between coming up right here on Bet the Edge powered by PointsBet. Drew, I love certain days for our shows. Monday being one, Monday Night Football. I love the whole week, but a Thursday. (laughs) This is a rare occurrence, though, where we're going to see an epic Thursday night game compared to Sunday's night game. Are you laughing because you love every single show just as much? Of course. Of course. We have an epic game on our hands for tonight, and that's where we're going to begin the show. Also, beautiful California day. Drew and I bragged off air. I'll just brag on here. We might have an extra glow going on the pod and show this morning, Drew. Um, we have a game with Tampa Bay and the Buccaneers laying six and a half in Philadelphia, playing the Eagles. The total has ticked down just a little bit. It's now sitting at 52 and a half. I know you have a play later in the day for edge of the day coming up. So not necessarily giving our plays here, but I will say this seems like a prime spot for the Bucs. I kind of like the under. This is going to be a game where I have a lot of props involved, and I talked about one yesterday I'll talk about later. But first and foremost, Drew, your overall thoughts about this game and kind of how you see it playing out and maybe affecting the futures market a little bit. Yeah, so another one where we have a ton of injuries to process. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is continues to be a very tough season for the Buccaneers' defense to stay healthy, particularly their secondary. Uh, we are going to be without Levante David, the, the uh, key key linebacker here for the Buccaneers. Antoine Winfield out as a safety. They are missing two cornerbacks in Carlton Davis and Sean Murphy Bunting. However, a lot of the replacement level players that have stepped in for the Bucs have done a very capable job to this point in the season. Typically, when teams have cluster injuries like this, on the secondary they can be completely exposed uh and really this game and this handicap a lot of it breaks down pretty cleanly into whether the philadelphia eagles passing attack can take advantage of some of the weaknesses in the secondary todd bowles defense plays relatively aggressively they are going to blitz young jalen hurts and they are going to try to make him very uncomfortable in the pocket they're probably going to key devin white on hurts when he's out of the pocket to try to make sure he doesn't hurt them too badly on the ground and realistically this tampa bay defense should have an advantage over the philadelphia offense considering you have a rookie head coach and a relatively inexperienced quarterback on a short week coming off of a, a yeah we'll say a big win uh, a save their season kind of a win against the carolina right. uh, panthers so i think this is um, a relatively interesting game and total because you have some 
correlation here. I think a Tampa Bay cover means that the Tampa Bay defense does their job and keeps Philadelphia under 20 points, in which case this game goes under. And I think alternately, if the uh, if the Philadelphia Eagles score, they likely cover the spread. This goes over the total. So um, this might be a fun one to really kind of attack some same game parlays. You can probably put together some interesting kind of correlated action here, and you may get a little bit of an advantage compared to just your average game. So um, should be a lot of fun. I will save my take on which way I think this breaks for later in the show, but I I am with you. This is a very exciting Thursday night football game. Drew, all I heard was same game parlay, and that's where I'm going tonight <laughs> and, later, and later on. Your girl loves a few same game parlays, especially in primetime matches like these. I think in all seriousness, uh, the correlation is huge. I like the Bucks to cover if I were to take a side. Hence why I kind of like the under in this, and that's where I lean. I mentioned Leonard Fournette yesterday. If you didn't listen to the pod or watch the show, I do like his over for rushing yards. I'll give another prop later for edge of the day. But we are on the same side here that it seems like we kind of think that Tampa Bay may be able to take control, especially with their more experienced team and head coach, of course. For what it's worth, 63% of the handle coming in on the over, but more of the bet count coming in on the over. Um, so it does seem like there's a little bit of sharper money or heavier money coming in on the enter. Our NBC Sports Predict Draft by PointsBet is giving you a chance to win $195,000 this weekend, and it's free to play. Here are just a few of the contests. College football pick them on Saturday, including Oklahoma State versus Texas, as well as a special English Premier League contest on Saturday. And $100,000 is up for grabs on Sunday night 7 when the Seahawks visit the Steelers. Download today from your app store or visit NBCSports.com slash predictor. Well, I'm going to get involved with the predictor again this week. And another guy I'm sure that will get involved with that and a ton of sides, of course, is Corey Parson, the fantasy exec on Twitter, here to help us break down some of the games. And the first thing that stood out to me, Corey, I look at some of your plays, of course, a lot available uh, on NBCSportsEdge.com and on your Twitter you like the Baltimore Ravens, and this one hurts because we're going head-to-head. So before I maybe give my case, the floor is yours to tell me why it seems like you like the Ravens in this spot this weekend. Well, Sarah, you know, I'm always a person that likes to fade the trendy underdog, and that's exactly what the Chargers are this week. It's a very popular public side, a very popular public team in the, in the Chargers. And listen, they have played very well. They've earned it so far this year. But you also got to look at the same token with the Baltimore Ravens have been able to do so far this season, playing well, you know, getting big wins, comfort behind wins. I think Lamar Jackson is somebody that slept on in the MVP race. But listen, when it comes down to this game, it's really quite simple. This game is going to come down to a field goal, and the Baltimore Ravens have the GOAT kicker. So there you go right there. I guess it is fair to say it opened at three and a half. That's where I grabbed it. So hopefully the hook comes in my comes yeah. in my, my benefit there. But to your point, the better kicker is clearly for the Baltimore Ravens. Tucker's lights out. So I do see that argument. I, I, I feel like it's a game and the total would say the same that whoever has the ball last will ultimately win. So it's a fair case, Drew. Yeah, with, with yeah. the hook, Sarah, I like it. The Chargers with the hook. I, I do like that. I'm waiting on that two and a half to hit the Ravens. 
that oof, that would be something, man. Uh, you know, I I don't just handicap a game and just say, well, this is my final score prediction. Like I like to kind of look at the range mm -hmm. of outcomes. The um, frequency of Ravens by three is very high. <laughs> in this one, if they move that to two and a half, the middle is going to be a very very sensitive issue for these sports books, which is maybe why they should have thought a little harder about opening at three and a half. I guess. Um, but uh, either way, this is going to be a really really good game. Two excellent coaches, uh, and uh, probably the game I'm most excited to see this weekend fun that you guys are on opposite sides of this Corey. let's talk about some other football though on any action and uh you know the the game that i think is drawing a decent amount of attention here because of the expected bounce back here from the kansas city chiefs after a woeful sloppy sunday night football game that the kansas city chiefs put on tape against the buffalo bills they now go down to washington to take on the football team this has uh, been bounced back and forth there's been some push pull there's not really market consensus as which is the right side here between seven and a half and excuse me six and a half and seven for the chiefs but the over has taken a decent amount of money i've seen a tick up now to 55 and a half people basically have completely thrown out their prior on the Washington football team's defense and expecting this to be a bottom five type of unit. Do you have an agreement with that, uh, you know, sort of market consensus there that this Washington football team is overmatched in this game? Yeah, I would, I would say that I think it's uh, overmatched is, is, is the key word because listen, I think that the chiefs can put up 40 points on them. So I really, I like the chiefs to cover the number straight up. I've been saying it since probably about week two or three. Now we have been sold a false bill of goods. On the Washington football team, <laughs> the year, everybody was talking about how they were going to be this great defense. And, and last week, this time, me and Chase Young had the same amount of sacks. So it really has not been the case. Now, with that being said, I think Kansas City scores in the 40s. Now, they do have a tendency to get, you know, back to a covered or, or they don't cover a lot of spreads. So that's why I'm focusing more on the total on this one. But I would lay the six and a half comfortably, but really to stay clear of it. I think that this goal, you know, this game will play into the 60s. I see Kansas City in the 40s. Listen, I Kansas City might score 50. That's how bad Washington's defense is. I can see like a 45 to 25 type game here. Well, not to mention the Chiefs defense is the only one worse than the Washington football. Exactly. Right if, it is a shootout, if it is a shootout, then ultimately Kansas City probably does come out on top. And the over comes in play. 79% of the handle at points bet right now coming in on the over. 55 and a half between Kansas City and Washington. I like the Chiefs in a teaser. I will talk more about that right. on our Blitzing the Board show with Jordan Sick, myself, and Warren Sharp at 3 p.m. Eastern on our YouTube channel and Peacock after that. We'll get in more into this Kansas City team. I know there's a lot of great takes, but I do side with the over and, you, and your play here, Corey. Another game that I actually have not done anything with, um, I'm looking at the Rams right now, playing the Giants on the road. The Rams now laying nine and a half. We've seen some movement on this. It got all the way up to 10 and a half at one point. The total's at 48 and a half. That's remained pretty steady over the last few days. There's so many injury question marks with this New York Giants team that I'm not exactly sure where to go. It does seem like their quarterback and Danny Dimes might be playing. That's probably affected this line a ton. But other than that, I can't make a case for the side nor total. So I do rely on what your analysis says to do with this one, Corey. Um, it's, it's just quite simple. The Rams coming across the country, yeah, it seems like a tough spot. And that nine and a half, that ten and a half seems like a big number. But it's a big number because they can get there. And see, this is the thing about the, the Giants. For some odd reason, I think they have like a fear of their home crowd. Since 2019, 
the Giants are five and thirteen ATS at home. Like it really doesn't get no more worse than that in your own building. So that leads me to believe that they're really thinking. You know, they're it really it's really it's really in their heads. Now you don't have Saquon Barkley. Should get Danny Danny Dimes, whatever. <laughs> Should get <laughs> Daniel Jones back here. Excuse me. So yeah, I'm gonna easily lay the number right here with the Los Angeles Rams. I'm just gonna keep picking against the New York Giants, particularly when they're at home. Giants are very good. Now, if you look at their road record ATS in that same time frame, they're like 20 and 7 ATS on the road. But when they come to their home building at MetLife Stadium, Blue Birds get out and the Giants wilt. So I like the Rams to beat them up this Sunday. Well, hat tip to you, Corey, from our preseason previews. You were very bullish on the Rams. And I have to say the things have broken their way in case of Russell Wilson, in the case of San Francisco, even in the case of Kyler Murray playing with a bum shoulder. If you like the Rams this week, I think you're getting a pretty decent buy spot on Rams to win the NFC West. Yeah. Uh, and if you look at the Rams schedule next couple weeks, you want to see who they play? Giants this week, 10-point favorites. Detroit Lions next week, Houston Texans. After that, you probably have three double-digit wins in a row coming up for this Rams squad on top of the fact that besides Green Bay and Baltimore left on their schedule, it's tough for me to find any games where they're going to be underdogs. This team probably looking at a 13-4, and four, uh, maybe 14-3 and three type of record this season. So uh, Rams at plus 120, uh, a team that I was very hard on in the preseason because they are still very fragile, is worth a look, I think, just based on how soft their schedule gets over and the You know what? I, I give you your props on that call with the Browns from that from our preseason discussions because they're playing very well. Let me ask you right quick, Drew, what do you think of the Cowboys? I think the Cowboys are going to get a top two seed, maybe the one seed in the NFC. Wow. A Cowboys fan asking Drew what he thinks <laughs> about the Cowboys. I love, I love the Cowboys. I love the Cowboys. I didn't want to leave you out, but I'm just, I'm like, I don't, my thing is I'm biased towards the Cowboys. So I need others opinions. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So whereas the a team like the Rams is it's fragile, but just because they rely so heavily on defense on Ramsey and Donald, either of those guys gets dinged up, misses time. And all of a sudden it's like the Rams are only winning if they can score 35 points like the chiefs are right now. Right. Yeah. And, and the thing about it is you can run the football on the Rams. Right. You can't. Absolutely. You can't. And then the opposite, I would say about the Cowboys, where they have a little more resiliency, they're getting better play out of some of their younger defensive players than I expected by a long shot. Um, and uh, their schedule also very soft. So uh, I think both the Rams and the Cowboys are going to be in the mix for the uh, NFC once the dust settles. Uh, I still have them both meaningfully below the Bucks in terms of a power rating. But uh, yeah, any time, any just in general, if you want to fill out your futures portfolio and you're wondering who wins the NFC West, I think the next three weeks, there's going to be a big shift in the market in favor of the Rams. Plus 120 to win the NFC West. A lot of money coming in on the Rams. 97% of the spread handle for the Rams this weekend. But yes, your Cowboys have been extremely impressive to go back to that. We saw a really nice comment come up here on our YouTube channel. People watching us live from Fantasy Dog. We appreciate it. He did happen to say, y'all rock. Great info. Thank you for watching and joining us. And I uh, hope you get some dubs tonight and through the weekend, Fantasy Dog. Corey, thank you. As always, we'll talk to you soon. I would say best of luck, but I need the Chargers to cover. <laughs> in every other game, good times. You have a good weekend. Y'all enjoy it. We appreciate all of you guys uh, listening and watching us here to Bet the Edge. Wherever you're listening, make sure to rate the podcast. Do yourself and us a favor. Sign up. We're giving you the most actionable information every single weekday, just about 30 minutes or less. 
as we've all seen, these lines move so quickly. So if you sign up, the better chance of jumping on the odds early and getting an edge with us. That's right. And uh, by all means, reach out to us on Twitter. I've heard from a couple listeners this week who have had some outstanding questions about what to do with their Major League Baseball futures portfolio, because this is the time of season you need to figure out if you have to, uh, if there's value in the market on the series prices in the futures market to come away with some hedge plays. There are some people who have some outstanding numbers on the likes of the Braves and the Astros and even the Red Sox and the Giants. Uh, and right now you need to be thinking about what to do with all of that stuff. So be sure to reach out to us on Twitter. We will give you our unbiased opinion on all of that stuff. You can reach me at whale underscore capper and Sarah is available at Sarah Perlman. I had so much time to jump on the San Francisco Giants market. <laughs> and here we are in the middle of October getting ready for game five and your girl did nothing for months. So good luck and great job for whoever took the San Francisco Giants earlier on. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's hard lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. We're going to welcome in Dan Beaver. It's time to break down the NASCAR playoffs now at Texas Motor Speedway. Dan, thanks so much for being with us. I look at this track and I notice it's a one and a half mile track. And this has had some interesting correlations with longer shots coming through. What's the main trend and how does this shape your handicap for Sunday's race? Yeah, and this is a relatively new trend the, that long shots have done well on the mile and a half tracks. Typically, you think of the marquee drivers. They're the ones that are going to win. And there's still marquee teams that are winning, but four of the seven races on mile and a half track so far this year have gone to drivers with a lot of odds of greater than 15-1, including Kyle Larson back at the beginning of the season when he wasn't uh, quite as popular or quite as, uh, we didn't know he was as strong as he was going to be. So I would look a little bit further down the list. You've got uh, six or seven drivers that are under 10 to one. You know, they're, they're, they're the ones that are probably going to win. But uh, you got to spread the money around a little bit. This is a uh, very interesting uh, how the NASCAR has really set up this playoffs. It's been exciting to watch. We've gotten some great info along the way, so we appreciate all of this. Have you found that uh, the playoff and sort of the pressure <laughs> has it have impacted any or you know the pressure and or the just the general consequence of not finishing in a certain bracket has that changed some of the decision making of these teams and some of the way that they're approaching strategy race by race? Absolutely. You look back to Las Vegas when Hendrick Motorsports tried that disastrous uh, pit stop strategy uh, in one of the stages, and it put them off sequence for the rest of the race. And it's one of the reasons that Larson doesn't have quite the stats that uh, we would expect him to. So you got to roll the dice. But as the field narrows, we're down to eight. You can't roll the dice anymore. 
you got to go out there, you got to execute, and you just have to finish up front in the stages and at the end of, end of the race in order to get maximum points. It's probably going to take a win to move to the championship four. So we're really looking at who's going to be the most likely winner at Texas, Kansas, and Martinsville. That's who's going to be racing for the championship at Phoenix. If I just look at this week in the Texas Motor Speedway and the favorite, as you just mentioned, is Kyle Larson talking about him a little bit at plus 340. Um, I'm just curious if you were to pick a few favorites in this race that you think have the best opportunity to win, who are they? Well, first of all, I would fade Larson, not because I don't think he's going to win, but because the odds are so low, it's just not worth the uh, it's just not worth the bet. Instead, I'm going to go with uh, with Kyle Busch. He's at 750. Been almost perfect in regard to uh, top fives this year. Going back to the beginning of the playoffs last year, he's been sixth or better in all but one race. This is his breakout race from last year, Texas, uh, where he got his first win of the season after he'd been eliminated from the playoffs. Earlier this season, he got his uh, got a win at Kansas. So he's got two mile-and-a-half track wins in the last little bit. I think he's the one that carries the most momentum in, and he would be my – he's my favorite. Ooh, interesting. Kyle Busch, good stuff. Um, any uh, dark horses that you think can uh, hit the board on this one? Yeah, I think I'm going to look a little bit further down. Tyler Reddick has been right around uh, the top ten for, for much of the year. He has a second-place finish from Homestead earlier this year, so he can get right there, and he just needs a little bit more. Pressure of the playoffs is off his shoulders, so I think he's good for that, and uh, I would cover that bet with uh, with one for a top-three finish. You've also got Chris Buescher, who has been uneven, but he has three top-tens on mile-and-a-half tracks this year, and he's actually uh, plus 180, I think, at the moment for a top-10. So Busher is one of those guys that you just don't know what he's going to going to do. You got a little extra money. I put some on him. Okay. Also, you can get Chris Busher 20 to one for a top three finish of pressures off for these guys. And you want to uh, be a little gutsy, I should say, worth a flyer in my book. Dan, we love having you on. Thanks as always helping us handicap the NASCAR playoffs. If you listeners and viewers want more NASCAR handicapping, you can go to at fantasy race to see Dan on Twitter, or of course on NBC sports edge.com. So much more analysis and plays there. Dan, we will talk to you next week. Take care. Looking forward to it. I like that Chris Busher look. He's been hot lately. He's sixth and third last two times out. Uh, that would be huge at 20 to one. Yeah, 20 to 1 for top three, 150 to 1 if you want to take him as a dark horse outright winner. You see some big numbers in NASCAR, and probably because it's not bet as heavily, they kind of remain. Sometimes you'll see more money coming on, let's say, bigger golf events and stuff. So 20 to 1 even for top three seems like a ridiculous number. Well, I don't think that's where you're going with your edge of the day because typically, <laughs> typically on Thursdays, we see a little NFL action from you and your play. So this is how we wrap up the show every single weekday here on Bet the Edge, our favorite play available. The floor is yours. Yes. Yeah, so uh, as we tease off the top, I'm going to hit a edge of the day in Thursday night football. I'm laying the chalk with the favorite, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady. I think he snaps his relatively cold streak in prime time it has not been great it has not been heavy uh positive uh results for tom brady in prime time in recent memory however 
this is a beautiful matchup for him against an inexperienced quarterback and a rookie head coach on a short week. And why I like this in particular, two key things are important when it comes to how do you, how prepared are you for a Thursday night football game? Have you done it before? Have you gone through and installed opponent specific packages the week before so that you can get off the ground and running in limited practice time that goes into Thursday night football? And for me, Tom Brady, Bruce Arians, the chemistry that he has with these wide receivers right now and what they are doing overall on offense screams advantage over the likelihood that a new coach in Sirianni, a young quarterback in Hurts, are going to have any interesting wrinkles in their game plan against this Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense that can be scored on, but you must take shots at them. Uh, you must be able to withstand the pressure. There are some offensive line injuries for Philadelphia that I'm keeping a close eye on that I think are meaningful. And realistically, I think the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers can bring out the worst in Hurts in this game. And this is going to be uh, one-way traffic for Tampa Bay here. Tampa Bay, on the other hand, has exactly the same tools that Kansas City has in the passing game that can expose the weaknesses of this Philadelphia defense, which is their secondary. Philadelphia can be beat over the top if you give them time. And uh, if you give the quarterback time and what is the uh, strength right now of this Tampa Bay team, it is their offensive line. Those guys are unbelievable in terms of pass pro. I think they're going to give Brady all the time that he needs to really pick apart this defense down the field. Tampa Bay minus six and a half for me. And by the way, if you bet at our partners, our sponsors, points bet has no big day of NFL sides, which is unbelievable in this day and age that you can get plus 100 on either side in this game i absolutely love it so tampa bay minus six and a half for me no juice uh let's go yeah i love the no juice going on right now but even more i love tampa bay minus six and a half i also hinted i do like the under that's not where i'm going i'm taking a prop but phenomenal breakdown could not say it any better and that's kind of how i got to my play for today on the other side I'm looking at Miles Sanders, and I saw his total at 34 and a half, and I'm going under here. I really like this play. If you look at what he's done over the last three weeks, he has gone over this number once. But now he's facing, and you talked about it, the best defense against the run by a large margin. Yes, the Bucs can be beaten by their defense in terms of their secondary, but I don't even think that uh, Jalen Hurts is going to have this huge game because I've liked the Bucs, because I think the coaching advantage and everything really goes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There's no shot if they are playing comeback mode, they're going to run the ball to Miles Sanders, who, by the way, uh, Nick Sariani's certainly taken a lot of criticism for his lack of running the ball, and I don't think it changes here. I think he's had just under 10 uh, rushes per game. I don't even see in any world that Miles Sanders gets even close to 10 rushes for this game. So the easy play for me is going to be the 34 and a half going under for Miles Sanders. If you are going to try to take advantage and get a ton of points, you're going to need to keep up with Tampa Bay for this Eagles team. You're going to have to throw the ball and try to beat him that way with Jalen Hurts over top. So for me, that's the best play on the board. I love your look for Tampa Bay minus six and a half. I will take another prop with Miles Sanders under 34 and a half rushing yards for tonight, Drew. Yeah, so the fun thing about your look is you have two paths to victory. Either Philadelphia abandons the run entirely, in which case he doesn't get enough touches, or Philadelphia does try to run, and they run into the teeth of that Buccaneers defense, which is the best run-stopping unit in the NFL. Absolutely fantastic look. Vita Vey and Dominic and Sue clog up the middle, keep Miles Sanders on uh, Especially with the issues, as you said, you're keeping an eye with the Eagles offensive <laughs> line. So 
We're on the same wavelength here. We're going to hope for a big Tampa Bay Buccaneers win in prime time with Tom Brady and the Miles Sanders prop hits the under at 34 and a half rushing yards for tonight. We did mention later on today, we won't talk about this game, but every single other game on Sunday slate on Blitzing the Board coming up at 3 p.m. Eastern on our NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel and NBC Sports YouTube channel. If you missed that, Peacock on Friday through Sunday leading up into kickoff. Thanks for joining us here on Bet the Edge Powered by PointsBet. We wish you nothing but the best of luck for all your plays for tonight. And Drew and I will see you right back here tomorrow on our NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. Take care. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.